Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Welcome back. Thanks, buddy. Coming to you from a very devastated Brisbane at the moment. I mean, so my family sad. and I are all safe and none of our houses are damaged, which is good. But obviously thinking of everyone who's going through that at the moment, the images are just devastating. So, yeah, it's a very, very sad time for our home state of Queensland key really and New South is. Wales as well. And New South Wales as well. It's just insane. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And there's heaps of places to donate online if anyone just wants to chip in and help. A lot of people in need at the moment. Well, onto something to not really brighten up your day because it's a little dark. We are talking about TV's biggest show, that is Euphoria. So while it's dominating our culture, our socials, our red carpets, there's another conversation that's happening behind the scenes that hasn't been getting as much attention. We are going to talk about it all today. But before we do that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Yes, and because we're always in need of some happy news, Brooke Blurton has announced a new exciting TV role this week. So the former Bachelorette star and mental health and LGBTQIA plus rights activist announced that she will be appearing in an upcoming episode of Neighbours. So Brooke shared the news by posting a photo of herself to Instagram under a glowing Neighbours sign where she wrote, looks like some questionable acting with wine and a washing basket can land you a gig on Neighbours. Coming soon to you. My mum and Nan would be very proud. So although some media outlets have reported that she was joining the full cast, Network 10 have confirmed to TV tonight that Brooke will be making a guest appearance and she'll be appearing as herself, which is quite cool, as a guest at one of the fashion festival events in an upcoming storyline. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, was it Neighbours cancelled? How is this happening? Well, this news doesn't change the fact that after 36 years on the air, Neighbours will potentially come to an end this year after the UK's Channel 5 announced they would no longer be airing the series, but it looks like Brooke's episode will be one of the final episodes to air. The 28th Annual Screen Actors Guild, or SAG Awards, were held on Sunday night in the US, so that was yesterday our time, and there were all kinds of brilliant, from history-making moments to diversity in all forms. This was the post-COVID award show that we had all been waiting for. Okay, let's get to the winners. I've got to start with Will Smith. So hot off the heels of his NAACP Image Award win, Will took home Best Actor in a Film, his very first SAG, for his portrayal of Richard Williams in King Richard. With Venus in the audience, he thanked the whole Williams family for eventually letting their story be told. You didn't agree to put your name on it till you saw the final project. I agree. That's, I get that. I get that. You know. <laughs> it's cool. That's, that's real. That's real. Because we be messing stuff up sometimes. In the stacked Best Actress in a Film category, four-time nominee Jessica Chastain came out on top for her role as the evangelist Tammy Faye Baker. 
In the eyes of Tammy Faye, I cannot wait to see this film. It was her first individual SAG award. I uh, worked on the on the project for 10 years and I hope that I made her story, we made her story the way that she would be proud of. An Oscar-nominated film Coda made history with two wins, Best Film Ensemble, making it the first film with a predominantly deaf cast to win the award, and the film star Troy Coetzer made history winning Best Supporting Actor. So he is the first deaf actor to be nominated and also win an individual SAG award. So in his speech, which was signed, he thanked Apple TV Plus for, quote, all of their support and access and believing in us deaf actors and casting us authentically as actors who happen to be deaf. Continuing with the historic wins, Squid Game's Lee Jong-ji won for male actor in a drama series and Ho Young Chung for female actor in a drama series and their wins were the first time actors in a non-English series took home awards at the SAG. So just so exciting all around. No real surprises in the TV comedy and drama categories. Jean Smart, I mean, we're excited about this because we loved Hacks. She took home a female actor in a comedy series. Jason Sudeikis, I I don't think he's ever going to not win. He took home male actor and a comedy series for Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso also won Best Comedy Ensemble and Succession won Best Ensemble Drama. And to cap it off, Kate Winslet took home female actor in a TV movie or miniseries for Mayor of Easttown, which I completely forgot was released last year. <laughs> Did you see that video that was circulating of Helen Mirren? consoling Lady Gaga who was like sobbing in the audience and a lot of people were saying it was because she lost the Best Actress Award and then when she got up to present she tried to do her House of Gucci accent. I heard about the accent and then it was a spectacular flop. And then everyone was ridiculing her and so she seemed sobbing and so that story really took off but then the real videos from Inns because there's a lot of critics in there who were also posting videos and then it came out that that video was taken before all of that happened and apparently she she was crying to Helen Mirren about the situation in the Ukraine. So I hope everyone feels bad because then when Jessica Chastain won, Lady Gaga in the crowd was the first person to jump to her feet and start clapping. Now, whether she was doing that because that's just a good look for the cameras because you look like a yeah. very gracious loser, who would know? But I feel like that story took off and it wasn't completely truthful. And then speaking of a few little mishaps, everyone was like, why did Selena Gomez, who came out with her Only Murders in the Building co-star Martin short to present an award walked out barefoot which is just something like I can't think of what award show that would be okay at maybe like the MTV movie awards but definitely not the Screen Actors Guild Awards and then it came out because the red carpet images came out later on that she had tripped on the red carpet I think her shoe like snapped she was wearing these super high yeah. heels and it wasn't a cute fall it wasn't a Jennifer Lawrence of the Oscars fall it was like a it wasn't choreographed yeah <laughs> oh wow that's a big claim it was a I think her ankle nearly split in half and a lot of people were saying she should have laughed it off and posed and I was like I think she was hurt she got carried off the red carpet and I think she was just like I'm not putting those broken shoes back on and didn't obviously have a spare pair tucked away so she presented barefoot but I think the best part of the whole night was Lisa Kudrow and Mira Savino presenting. But it was so weird because I was like obviously doing my little scan this morning of best moments to make sure I'd got everything covered and like 
it was really split on whether this was amazing or not. I thought it was amazing. They came out wearing these matching pink and blue suits, so which cute. were paying tribute to their iconic characters in the 1997 movie Romy Michelle's High School Reunion, which I think is without a doubt one of the best comedies of all time, like still holds up today. Cindy Lauper's Time After Time was playing, which is the song they danced iconic. to in the movie. And then they were doing the Romy Michelle dance. Oh, my voice is getting so high because I was like sobbing watching this. <laughs> They were doing the dance backstage they do in the movie to the song, which I thought was so good. And I love just seeing Mira Savino up on stage because it's only come out in the last few years that she got run out of Hollywood because of Harvey Weinstein blacklisting her when she wouldn't sleep with him. So seeing her up on stage with all of her colleagues clapping and her and Lisa celebrating their movie was just so good. So anyone who put that on the worst moments list, you have no taste. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. season finale of one of TV's biggest shows, that's Emmy-winning drama Euphoria. It's been a critical and ratings hit. The series has already been greenlit for a third season. Yes! And even if you're not watching the show, you've definitely been touched by it in some way, whether it's flooding your For You page on TikTok or dominating your Instagram memes or the inspiration for all those get-the-look beauty reels. I don't know how many of those I've seen in the past, like, eight weeks. The show's influence on pop culture and kind of a defining moment for Gen Z is undeniable. But as the show has really flourished and dominated in culture, there's another conversation happening in the background that hasn't really made it to the mainstream, or it has, but it hasn't really mattered. And we're trying to figure out why. And it all kind of kicked off with an interview that actor Sydney Sweeney, who plays Cassie, who is just the best character on television right now, on Euphoria, gave to the Independent back in late January. So she was speaking with them about her career and kind of her rocky start in acting and the conversation turned to the stigma around stripping off on television, which is something that her character Cassie has done a bit of. And here she spoke about the differences in her experience with nudity on Euphoria versus past projects. And specifically, she called out the creative control that was kind of given to her by Euphoria creator Sam Levinson, saying, quote, Sam is amazing. There are moments where Cassie was supposed to be shirtless and I would tell Sam, I don't really think that's necessary here. He was like, okay, we don't need it. I've never felt like Sam has pushed it on me or was trying to get a nude scene into an HBO show. When I didn't want to do it, he didn't make me. She also noted in that interview that Euphoria has an intimacy coordinator, which was spoken about a lot on the spill, kind of a big must-have after Me Too, and that's someone who assists the cast with X-rated scenes. And that was just the beginning. So that was quite positive in how Sam Levinson was being painted. Yeah, exactly. And as the season has gone along, so much more information has come out about what's happening behind the scenes. And it seems like it's very much divided into two camps. So you're either in the Sydney Sweeney camp where you can 
you're being put in a situation that you're uncomfortable with and you don't want to do, but you have some sort of sway of what's happening and your ideas can be taken on board and it ends up with your character having more screen time. But the flip side of that is there are some actresses, it appears, that have done the same thing and have spoken up about things that they're uncomfortable about and the result has been very different and they've effectively been cut from the series. And in this case, the kind of main person in that storyline is Barbie Ferreira, who plays Cat. So it all started off at the season premiere where they had the big red car. I mean, it was such a big deal when Euphoria came back because it had been such a long time and it had been such a huge pop culture moment when the first series came out. And Barbie Ferreira wasn't on the red carpet and there was no explanation for it. I think the only other cast member who wasn't there was Storm Reid, who plays Rue's little sister Gia. But she had just said, you know, I'm not comfortable going with COVID numbers. But nothing was said about Barbie Ferreira's absence. And then as the season has gone along, it's just been so weird with her character, someone who was such a breakout character in the first season, having little to no storyline in this season, appearing to have most of her storylines and lines cut. I mean, someone was saying on Twitter just this week that she did a guest episode recently on another TV show and she had more lines in that one episode than she had in the whole season of Euphoria. They counted them up. And so much has come down to the fact that it appears there was an altercation on set with the creator, Sam Levinson. Yeah, so I remember when this came out on Dumois because it was spicy tea, or piping hot tea, I should say, with yeah. added a little bit of cinnamon on top or something like that. Really hot, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was basically saying that... Barbie Ferreira and Sam Levison had had this huge blow up on set about where her character was going because there was a clear line drawn in the sand definitely with season two and she's even said it in a subsequent interview with the cut saying that everyone kind of loses their mind in season two but she wasn't really happy where her character was going. It was rumoured that that was what it was about, so much so that in the middle of filming she stormed off set and from there Sam Levinson was just like, I guess, offer and cut so many of her lines and then gave her this like weird story arc where she breaks up with her like very sweet boyfriend, which was terrible by lying and faking like a brain trauma injury. It was just like very weird as someone watching at home who was completely in love with this character in the first season who was going through this like sexual awakening after having gone through like a pretty significant sexual trauma and then in season two her being relegated to just someone in the background who looked amazing which we appreciate but didn't really have any substance and then goes and dumps the most sweetest guy in the world in the most terrible way possible. Yeah, exactly. I think her only line for the whole season was, no, Maddie, stop. Don't do that, Maddie. And you're like, oh, my God, you could just be a featured extra at this stage. <laughs> Literally. And obviously we can't trust everything that comes out on anonymous sites like Dumois. But what was interesting is then a lot of mainstream media outlets or industry outlets also started to report that this was happening behind the scenes of this show and that actresses were being treated badly in this way. And most of it, yes, was anonymous sources. But with a lot of these big media outlets like The Decider or Daily Beast, they probably wouldn't just run completely straight up rumors or unfounded accusations because they would have HBO breathing down their necks over printing inaccurate information. And so a lot of sources told The Daily Beast that Barbie actually walked off set twice because she was so traumatized by what was happening. And she actually also slipped and fell and twisted her ankle during the filming of an episode with one of the 
hot tub. That's a great scene. But there was also supposed to be at least one sex scene involving her that was cut from the final few episodes. And so much of it comes down to the fact that what sources are saying, what appears to be true, is that she got the scripts for that second season, was unhappy, and then she tried to do what someone like Sydney Sweeney did and say, hey, can we change this up? But the reaction to her was very different. And it seems like almost out of spite, she had everything changed. And you've just got to think, yes, no one on the cast has outright said this on the record, but these rumors have been swirling and intensifying the whole time this show has been on the air. And it's such a massive show. Like HBO said today that it's their second most watched show ever just behind Game of Thrones. And you've got to think how big Game of Thrones was. So so if there's a big rumor that your creator who's seen as this like TV wonder man, creative genius who can do no wrong is terrorizing an actress behind the scenes and cut her role out of spite. Don't you think someone would say something? Someone would say, no, this is not true. I mean, Barbie Ferreira is so active on her socials and she's still been promoting the show but you know it's often in their contracts now that they have to promote the show so it's like why wouldn't she actually say something about that and what you're saying about the cut interview where all the cast were interviewed about their roles yes she did talk about it but I just don't buy what she said she said Kat's struggle is a bit internal this season you know she's keeping it all inside so you won't really see it I'm sorry the whole point of a tv show is to see it there's no yeah. point having if she's having this big off-screen catharsis moment, but we're not seeing it. Like, it has to be on screen for it to count. Otherwise, it's not part of the story. It was funny how the cut tried to twist that. Like, they broke up her quote to try yeah. and position it. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to get some juicy, like, finally revealed what happened. And I clicked in and I was like, oh, my God, it was the most PC answer about her character. And I was like, you're meant to be an actor like you're not an extra like what are we doing here and also one of the shittest things about that is that as much as diversity on tv is changing and euphoria has been a huge part of that size diversity is still not really part of the conversation especially for these more teen shows aimed at gen x and barbie ferreira as a plus size actress and model has been really vocal about knowing the important part she plays in bringing more body representation to the screen so to have the only plus size actress in the show cut to a featured extra instead of given more storylines and especially the only one not to be given sex scenes i think it's interesting that more people haven't picked up on that when we're in this big age of championing women and championing actresses in particular who we think have got a raw deal behind the scenes and holding creators to account for the work they put out. And then this huge controversy has been unfolding before our eyes and people are talking about it, but not as much as they're engaging with the show, which I guess is a fair thing. Like it is a TV show, but I just find the two things hard to reconcile. Yeah. It's really interesting that you said that because then I look at the other character who's really flourished this season and that's been Lexi, who's played by Maud Apatow. So Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann's eldest daughter. And you'd like, is that the change that was made? Were Barbie Ferreira's lines and storylines cut so that we could see more of Lexi? Don't get me wrong. I loved that storyline. I mean, it fucked shit up. Sorry for the language, but, you know, we're talking about Euphoria, so we have to be a little bit naughty. But (laughs) I don't know. It makes me feel icky. Like, I wish that both storylines could have existed because, for me, that feels like what was subbed in so that Barbie Ferreira's character or Kat's storyline couldn't really progress because there wasn't enough room in the show for both. So if we're going to take away, you know, someone like Kat who has got body diversity, also got like a very interesting storyline. Like season one was so cool in favour of like 
a sister who's always been in the shadow of her like perfectly hot older sister who, you know, is writing a play and blah, blah, blah. It's like we've seen that storyline before. We can move past it. There's more interesting things for us to see on screen. It seems like something very toxic is happening on that set, allegedly. Don't come for me, HBO, around who can ask for things. Because obviously Zendaya, it's, a lot has been said about the fact that she doesn't do a huge amount of nudity on the scene. And the reason for that, a lot of people think, is because, you know, she came into that show as quite an A-list actress and she's only gotten more powerful in Hollywood as the show has gone on. And when you have that level of power, you have the power to write things into your contract like that, like Sarah Jessica Parker did with Sex and city saying I'm not doing nude scenes because you have the power to do that and now we've seen Sydney Sweeney has risen through the ranks and she also has the power to dictate what she wants to do with her character and I think a really interesting example of this is Minka Kelly who's obviously been in the industry for a very very long time and has quite a high standing and she came in as a guest star and she said on her first day she was asked to do a nude scene that she was very uncomfortable with like literally being naked in front of the whole crew on the first hour of her work day and she asked not to do it and that was okay but I think they've really pushed that story and that quote from her to say look we're like a really understanding show no one has to be naked if they don't want to or no one has to be treated badly if they don't want to and I was like yes if you're Minka Kelly with a yeah. famous boyfriend and heaps of famous friends and who's been there in are the strings industry, attached yeah, yeah exactly but if you're someone like Barbie Ferreira then you get your lines written out and you know there's even been some extras popping up on TikTok and now deleted videos where they said that actually being extras on set was quite toxic and that there were some weird rules in place and some of the actors seemed quite unhappy. So, I mean, I don't know. Again, unfounded accusations, but it just feels like we're watching this groundbreaking show. It's such a big pop culture moment, but what's happening behind the scenes is a very retro mess of women being silenced by powerful men. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. It's really hard to break apart one of your favourite television shows. And look at it with a critical eye. But anyway, I still love it. And even though there's some shady stuff happening behind the scenes. So while you're listening, remember to follow us. Also, if you're a Euphoria fan, did that conversation trigger you as well? Let's get a little combo started in the Facebook group, please. What do we think? This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.